Hey everybody, welcome back to the Lucky Doll Podcast. This is your host, Elias Rush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRushMedia.com, photo, video, digital media production. Today we are discussing, well, it's a classic. Well, it's based off a classic, let's just say. Avatar, The Last Airbender. Avatar, The Last Airbender is an American action adventure fantasy television series, a live adaptation of the animated series that was... uh, 2005 to 2008 three series run it was categorized categorized into three books um instead of seasons book one book two book three and uh then nickelodeon ended up uh taking over and bringing the legend of Korra to the screen instead of having a season four of the live adaptation of the animation now since then we've had the 2010 m night Shyamalan disaster now i've heard it's so bad that it ruined uh the avatar franchise from going forward from having multiple books and multiple franchise multiple movies within the franchise i haven't seen the actual 2010 movie but uh i'll probably put it on my my queue of bad movies i knew i need to watch unfortunately um I just didn't want to ruin or taint my experience of watching the original animated series. Uh, I just had heard nothing good about the live adaptation movie of 2010. So the 2024 Albert Kim uh, showrunner of uh, previous shows of like uh, uh, Leverage and Sleepy Hollow and other kind of more uh, cable centric dramas. slightly more you know like episodic less uh less serialized storytelling but um yeah i was nervous let's just say that i've i was very nervous about this i was seeing some posters come out some stills come out some uh reviews come out i've watched all eight episodes i've uh watched a few reviews to kind of uh, gauge about what other people are feeling within the 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 fan base and I gotta say that for the most part it is a mixed bag now um let's let's talk a little bit more about uh the behind the scenes of this First announced in September 2018, Albert Kim is the showrunner uh, with the cast that includes Gordon Com- uh, Gordon Cormer as uh, Aang, um, Kia Kia Wintio, I believe is, uh, I think I'm saying her name correctly. I'm, I apologize if I'm not. Um, I believe plays Katara. Ian Ousley plays uh, Sokka. Dallas uh, Liu plays, uh, um, who the hell is Dallas Blue play? Dallas Liu plays Zuko, yeah. Um, Paul son uh paul son yun lee is uh playing uncle iroh ken lung is uh playing uh what is it commander zhao uh and of course we have the great daniel day kim in this as the fire lord ozai now anyone that is a fan of the show that is you know watching the review is like all right well you've probably watched it because you wanted to see a good adaptation of 
the animated series. The animated series set such a high bar of what uh, what appeared to be a kid's television show on the surface turned out to be so much more deeper and more richer than many live action television shows. And, and it, it became uh, a staple of how good animated television stories could be on a medium that wasn't just directed towards kids, even though Nickelodeon is a primarily for, uh, you know, kids, young adults and in between. Um, but Avatar The Last Airbender was, uh, it, it, it's, it's accessible from multiple angles from uh, no matter what age it feels like you should be able to um, relate to it, to understand uh, understand it, to meditate with it. I feel like a lot of Avatar, the, the animated show, I'm gonna kind of go between animation and, and live action, just talking a little bit about it first, um, that there's so much, so I, th I believe there were 63 episodes in the original series. The first two books, Water and Earth, were 20 episodes each. And so there's time to really sit and meditate with these characters and understand Aang and, uh, you know, his uh, childlike nature, but also him getting to understand um, from his, his uh, you know, the rocky past that he has to overcome to understanding his uh, new uh, found like family and uh, between Sokka and Katara and uh, also having these um, leaders, these leaders that are very important to the, you know, the previous avatars that he has to connect to and talk to. And so everyone feels like they are essential to this young individual's story and you know Aang is very much kind of a cipher for kind of us as the audience to kind of you know he's like the proxy for us almost like for for us to go through the world which is is, is perfectly fine but when it comes down to the live action series you know I'm very much talking about the animation at this moment but comparing it to the live action series we are compressed from 40 episodes of the original animated series and it's it is very much a remix of those into an eight episode uh one hour each uh uh live action netflix series and so it's a lot to put on you know the showrunners the writers to have to compress that much uh material choose what needs to be shown what shouldn't be shown what's important for the fans what's important for the story uh along so uh you know with saying all of that i do feel like there was a lot of love and there was a lot of care into this um series despite my uh my quibbles with it i definitely see uh, tons and tons of value with this series and I'm ready for a season two. Now I want to put all of that up front before I put any, um, you know, harsh criticism or anything that I would want improved in the second season. I feel like that's not too much to ask for. Um, so let's talk about it a little bit, uh, the live action adaptation. 
and non-spoiler section for people that have <clears throat> are um, a little bit um, in the dark about it. You know, if you haven't been uh, with the Avatar fan base for, you know, the nearly what is it almost twenty years that it's been on, you know, existed, um, then there's probably the individuals that want to know should i watch the show should i watch the animated show before i watch the <clears throat> live action should i watch live action then animated well off the off the top off the dome i would go ahead and watch the animated show if you if for the individuals that are going in this blind cold whatever watch the first two seasons of avatar and i think you're going to really be uh, shown a different side of animation and different side of storytelling that you're not quite used to if you already are used to the, you know, uh, manga styled animation, uh, then go ahead and uh, check it out if you haven't already. Now, for the people that have seen the live action adaptation, or sorry, that have this, that have seen the animated stuff. Now, um, in comparison to the live action stuff, <clears throat> it's hard to compress all of that stuff. There's there's so many character moments. There's so many. Uh, small uh small sections of uh going to um individual cities individual towns uh communities that we're spending time with and learning lessons with Aang and Katara and Sokka along the way um there's just not time for that in this live action series the essential problem I have with the uh the live action stuff the, the live action show right here is that it it has a lot of season one problems a lot of season one problems and in, in television shows can come off rocky either the special effects sometimes the direction sometimes it's the uh the actor sometimes it's the script sometimes the first episode the the pilot the first little bit of many television shows is not its best foot forward and that could be for a multitude of reasons you know i'm not you know i can put a hundred different reasons of why the first episode might be the weakest um maybe the characters were just not comfortable uh maybe the actors weren't weren't comfortable with their characters maybe the script wasn't uh polished all the way out or maybe they found more of a voice within the script by the end of the season but i do find that this show came off as um in 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 the worst ways it came off as cheap and stiff in the best ways it came off as highly emotional highly intelligent and there was some very rich storytelling to be uh to be tapped into and i feel like this live action season one of the avatar the last airbender on netflix is undoubtedly just trying to find its form and and there's the the term of like being in the pocket when uh whether you're playing ball or whether you're rapping and you're you're you find the flow of what you're really trying to do or say or the game that you're trying to play i feel like they did not have the formula of what they wanted brian uh Kanetsko and Michael Dante DiMartino to say they the translation is 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 so difficult in a way to sell to 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 portray such uh, an intense and high strung story uh, 
laid at the feet of children. And so basically what it comes down to is this is a very adult world, but the script and literally the physical young adults on screen are saying everything else. The script feels like it's very on the nose. People are saying what they, it, it's not even hard on their sleeve. It's literally, they're saying what's directly on their brain. Like uh, there's, there's no subtlety to the script at all to the point where I was like, is, so there was the juxtaposition of, you know, the fire nation, the different elements, people have the water, they can move air, they can move earth, they can they do the fire. Uh, so the fire nation within the first few minutes of the show is flame on in people just you know just, just people are like ah! you know just going up in flames but then the conversations with our characters feel so surface that i feel like a, it, it's written for like a an eight-year-old to understand it's written for it's written for a very um uh simple and basic i don't want to say it's written for a basic audience because that makes us sound dumb but it's it, it feels like it's written to a point where it's netflix almost either wanted children to understand or they wanted it to be so simple that we want to be able to translate it this is what i think happened is they wanted this show to be able to be easily translatable into multiple different uh you know languages for other countries to enjoy the show now that's that's all that's more of a business and a logistical reason of why you would want a script to be a certain way. Now I can understand that so I, I was working past that and there was just um, small gripes within the beginning couple episodes I was just trying to get by the script being flat and some of the direction of what they were saying was was flat on itself too. Now, these are very young actors. I don't want to go in and say, you know, these are not, uh, they're not the, uh, the, the, what is it called? Um, the Macaulay Culkins or the um, Daniel Radcliffe's of our generation. So they, they feel very much like they are giving a performance instead of actually kind of believing of the words that they're saying. I, I'm not doing a great job kind of uh, articulating it, but um, uh, there is, uh, there's some good critiques out there that, that kind of explain the type of acting that we're, we're getting. And I, I see potential in these actors getting even better. Now, with saying that, I, I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to say uh, their acting is tenfold better than mine will ever be. So I just want to say that on top of the, on, on the, on the surface. All right. So everyone that, you know, is saying, I'm, you know, I, I just want to be clear that the, uh, the line delivery can be improved. Now, some of the lines, decent, some lines, not decent. Now, if you give a, if you give these actors flat scripts, they can only do so much with it. So I don't want to put that at the, the feet of the actors. Um, so anyways, with saying that, that's kind of more of the, the acting side of it. I think the physical form, I think everybody very much looks the part. Now, you know, uh, we got, uh, Gordon Cormer as uh, Avatar Aang, and he is, he, he's got 
the look. I think he's got the look from head to toe. Now, just like I said, as he improves his acting skill and his his ability, and if I think the blocking honestly needs to be improved as well. It's not the actor's fault. Just sometimes the camera didn't feel like it was in the right position to help these young actors out. So, you know, do do everything we can to help them. And um, I think the the one that felt the most comfortable in their, you know, in in they, they felt like they were in the pocket was probably Ian Owsley as Sokka. Not, not only does he kind of have that kind of, he has kind of that higher pitch, but still young man voice, but, and then he has the entire look too. And he actually looks like one of my friends, uh, Avery. So I, I kept seeing my buddy. I was like, oh my goodness, old Avery's up there. But um, I felt like he was, he was the most comfortable with what he was bringing um, to the table. And I don't think that I've, I've really seen him anything else off the top of my head. Um, so yeah, yeah, he's been in, sorry for your loss, 13 reasons why young Sheldon, big shot, physical, uh, handful of things. Um, so yeah, uh, there continuing on with, uh, l- let me just continue on with the, um, uh, the, the mixed stuff that I found at the beginning of the show. So, like I said, some of the effects in the show were some of the best and some of them were unfortunately were some of the worst the worst effects i think everyone can mostly agree about upon was uh there's a big water water bison sky buffalo i forgot what they call them sky buffalo um and you know it's appa everyone knows appa from the original one the original uh animation there are just breathtaking scenes of the gang on Appa. And I think this is the perfect opportunity to explain why it is so much easier in, in, in theory, let's just say, it is so much more easier from uh, you know, a money standpoint to show Aang and the gang having a conversation in an animated form from Appa you know, watching on, let's just pretend we're watching the cartoon. It's what is, I don't know what that costs, but it can't cost millions and millions of dollars. So when they are rendering the real life live action, uh, Katara, Sokka and Aang all on the back of Appa, it just, it threw me out so bad. It, it like, it threw me out of what the entire world I was watching. I felt like i was watching disney channel like movie of the week i was thrown out so bad from those effects which in contrast to the same exact show was it it was crazy so i don't want to go to I'm, i'm trying to be vague about the places that we we visit within this first season i'll talk about it here in a minute but um you know, we go to some some massive earth villages, and we go to temple temples, and uh, you know, ice uh, ice covered vistas in some places. And a lot of those wide shots look amazing. So, to my knowledge, a lot of different uh, animation studios, CGI uh, special effects studios, worked on this specific um, on this specific show. And to my knowledge, you know, uh, you could have one entire uh, special effects team work on, uh, you know, Momo, the 
the lemur versus an entire different special effects team working on, you know, the temples that they walk in, it, it, or, you know, vice versa, or just CGI on the characters. It, it could be different places. Anyways, some of it just looks straight up unfinished. I mean, it was, I didn't even want to say it looked bad. It, it, in, in some places, it just straight up looked unfinished to the point where I was trying to change the settings on my television to make sure motion smoothing wasn't on, make sure I was on the right, uh, you know, coordinates of, uh, you know, co not coordinates, but, uh, you know, contrast and, and brightness. And I was trying to adjust my TV settings to, to make sure that it was portraying the, the right, uh, the, the right visual, but when I watched the show, it, it looked cheap in, in many areas. And on top of that, I, I like I said, I, I'm going to have a, it's a short list, but condensed list of uh, issues. I never believed that they were not in a controlled area or controlled volume-esque uh, special effect area. I was always thrown out, in my opinion, from like, for instance, I just watched True Detective Night Country. Now, regardless of what you feel about the story, I'm not talking about that, but the atmosphere of being somewhere cold, I felt like every scene they were outside, they looked cold as shit. And I was like, that's what it needs to feel like when you're in an ice colony or an ice community on Avatar. I was like, the, no one looks like they ever broke a sweat hardly. No one ever looks like they are about to, to to be too cold. Everyone looks very pristine in many parts of the of the um, of the show. This is kind of how I felt with when you look at the the visual grit of like Game of Thrones versus like Rings of Power. Rings of Power, I, I I liked a lot of that stuff, but I did feel like the characters, everyone looks so clean. And I'm having that clean problem here again. And so when everyone looks clean, no one ever sweats, no one ever looks like, everyone looks like they're in a very controlled environment. Even when they're on top of a supposed sky bison and they're going 30 miles an hour fast and they're, they're bare, their hair is barely messed up, it just comes off as cosplay light. And I know I'll get... I'll get backlash. Go ahead and let me know if you disagree with anything I say. That's totally cool. I found myself feeling like I was watching people in cosplay. And it was um, it was distracting. And so there were a handful of scenes I noticed that I kind of I got lost in the um, the storytelling. I got lost in what was really going on. And some of it was like with side characters. There's a there was a big uh, uh, like monologue from uh, like a random guy, random bad guy against Uncle Iroh in the middle of like a dirt road. And it is one of the most intense scenes in the whole series. And it's really when you start to get endeared to Uncle Iroh in the live action series. I mean, you basically always love Iroh in the animated series, but I feel like you don't really feel for him until you see him kind of uh, having to deal with deal with that in, um, in the live action until like episode three. But um, it was a side character. I was like, the, I, I tried to understand what was going on, but I was like, dude, this side character, I was like, this guy bullying Uncle Iroh, this dude's like bringing the heat. I was like, this guy feels like he's from a different show. And I was like, I wanted that kind of energy, that kind of dramatic energy 
in the entire show. I mean, I, I, there was, for me, there was a massive tone, tone problem and a pacing problem within the entire series. Stop, go, stop, go, stop, go, 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 stop, go, talk, go, do, you know, it was, it felt, I, I could feel it. Um, but with saying that most of that was at the beginning of the series season, it got better towards the end. I was trying to figure out why the last episode really hit for me in ways that the previous episodes weren't. And I just think it was the, um, the pacing, it, it, it kept it at a swift, brief pace. Uh, sorry, a brief pace. It kept it at a swift pace that it didn't linger around. Um, you know, we had the dramatic stuff that we've we've been wanting for the entire season. Just overall, the season really comes together um, with a cherry on top, despite, you know, the rest of the Avatar cake, let's just say this metaphor, uh, is still kind of messy at the bottom. And um, I, I kind of agree. I the i kind of agree i was i I was thinking of a the dan um i kind of agree of course i agree i'm making the fucking podcast i'm trying to think of uh this uh individual uh, dan merle okay so dan merle um had a not a quote but i'm gonna loosely quote him from youtube he said that if um you know if you have something like a, a messy story towards the beginning, couple messy episodes at the beginning, that people will forgive you if you have a uh, a complete or narratively satisfying ending. And I totally believe that. So it, it really means you gotta end strong. You can start kind of weak if you need to, which are mixed bag, let's just say. But as long as you end strong, people are gonna be craving, wanting more for season two, next time, whatever. So um, that's what I was thinking. I, I, I basically agree with. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it was it was a mixed beginning with a relatively stronger ending with characters I generally enjoy hanging with. I, I think the best thing about season two about this show is that Aang, Katara, Sokka, I think these actors in theory should only get better. I think these um, the the characters uh, are going to get more rich. I think we're going to get an even better season two. I'm hoping. I'm not sure though. I did hear this was an expensive ass show, so it's probably going to take a minute to for them to come back. But yeah, all these uh, young actors are going to you know I think going to age gracefully into these characters in, in ways that is going to make the the show. Um, stronger I, i'm hoping that we kind of get the the game of thrones effects as we're kind of growing and aging with these um characters as well something that i always enjoy um with uh television shows as opposed to um, movies which are way more one and done you know um the television shows we get to kind of uh see how the the craft of many of these actors improves which is you know always exciting for me um Let's see, anything else we kind of need to discuss kind of in the non-spoiler section? I know this was a little bit jumbled up, uh, a little bit unconventional in comparison to what we normally have. Um, 
let me talk about what we've recently been working on just to kind of uh, break it up a little bit and then we'll talk about the premise and the plot for the show. So uh, recently at Look It All, Look it All Podcast, we have been covering Madam Web. That was kind of an interesting one, my Lord. Um, we also have the Marvels that recently came out a couple months ago. We are gonna be dropping, I think I want to do the beekeeper review next. Everyone's kind of been talking about it. I didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal, but the problem is not much has really come out. Um, I guess uh, Dune 2 is actually going to be coming on the way down the tube. So um, that will definitely be uh, a fun review as well. Be sure to check out the Look It All podcast on your favorite uh, podcast provider, whether you're on YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, or whatever, Spotify. We're, we're on all of them. Uh, links in the description. If you need to find uh, additional uh, links, go to lookitallpodcast.com. You can also support the podcast there through Patreon and PayPal. So let's get into the Avatar The Last Airbender premise. For anyone that doesn't know it at this point, what the premise is, they're like, all right, I got the whole fucking review. Do I even need to watch it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's let's get on with it. The premise, the series is set in a war-torn inspired, uh, sorry, a war-torn, war-torn world. That's hard to say. War-torn world inspired by various Asian and indigenous cultures where certain people can bend one of four classical elements, water, earth, fire, or air. Aang, the avatar, and the, um, well, I guess we'll just say it. Um, it's in the title. And the last living airbender is the bridge between the mortal and spirit worlds. And the only one capable of bending all four elements instead of just one. The Avatar maintains the balance of the world and nature to bring peace, and Aang is now faced with the responsibility of ending the ambitions of the militaristic Fire Nation to conquer the world. With his new companions, Katara and Sokka, Aang set out to master the four elements while pursued by Zuko, the exiled crown prince of Fire Nation, of the Fire Nation, who is to regain his honor by capturing him. So that's basically basically everything summed up. That's what you're going to get. Um, we told you at the beginning of the re review what uh, our issues with it were. We mentioned many of the pros, a handful of the cons. Um, so yeah, let's continue on with this review. I do want to uh, mention before we get into the plot i know I, I keep saying i do want to mention something i do want to mention i do want to mention a lot of things um the original showrunners brian konetsko and michael dante DiMartino, obviously they were not happy with the 2010 version of the m night that came out uh movie that came out but they also have parted ways with netflix on this live action television show and it was given to i believe albert kim which was like i said the sleepy hollow guy um, let me see let's hop in to the episodes oh wait hold on why are the episodes like this um where the hell is the episode? Um, 
three. Let me find this real quick. Okay, sorry, I found it. Okay, so <clears throat> as usual, we're just going to talk about the first episode and the last episode, and we'll kind of dabble in the middle of these other episodes, just kind of picking out some of our favorite stuff and um, maybe just a slight critique here and there. So the first episode is, uh, it basically explains in the first, uh, I don't know, what is it, the first 10 minutes, it explains how Aang became the last avatar. And uh, obviously this is going to be spoilers for the entire series as we go um you know continue at your own risk and so you know when um when a young waterbender katara and her brother kasaka discover a giant iceberg while fishing for food around their homestead at uh, the south pole they find a boy named ang inside okay so for before before we kind of get into like the real basic nitty-gritty of everything um yeah the um the entire animated show we've covered on youtube and we have on soundcloud as well we're going to put a link in the description for everybody to watch and uh and or listen if you want uh the playlist will be uh with the, the like a podcast playlist is under the avatar the last airbender animations um reviews and so the first episode I was watching it, I was like, God dang. I mean, the Fire Nation going off, started pfft, flame on. I was like, I was like, this is some crazy shit. I was like, this is not for like young people, even though we felt like it was written for young people. And it just, it, it took off. I was like, okay, let's go. And the more the script was, was, was happening, uh, Gyatso, I believe is, uh, the avatar or not the avatar, the airbender that was, uh ang's master basically uh, someone uh, basically someone comes up in the, uh i think it's uh is it fire lord ozai i believe might come in there and straight up just flame ons the entire corridor of airbenders and they just it, it's scary as hell to see the uh i don't remember if it was ozai or commander uh their commander Zal to do it. I, one of one of them did. Anyways, um, they uh, Fire Nation destroys the Airbenders. It's scary as hell. The I thought the CGI on the um, the fire and the the elements was really good. I was actually pretty impressed about that. And so that's where I was like, all right, this this is about to be fucking legit. I was like, people are getting flamed on no for like absolutely no reason, and just uh, I was like, this is crazy. It's I was like, this is intense. This is sad. They get went straight Star Wars, Revenge of the Sith with this shit. And so, um, I was like, my original thinking, I was like, this is going hard. This is going in, um. As it comes comes to bear, you know, it feels like there's a lot of slight contrivances within this show that kind of put Aang at a way or put Aang in a in a specific position that make him have to go tackle this mission, go do this thing, or he has to go talk to somebody, or there's a reason he can't be involved in the conflict because he is too powerful or he doesn't have to know how to use his powers, that type of thing, this, that, or the other um you know continuing on with episode one um and having the trio really come uh come through as a pack 
Um, you know, we have Katara and Sokka. Basically, we're, we're given uh, the entire animated intro through Grand Grand's speech. And it's like, all right. Um, I thought we were going to get that speech every single episode, kind of have we, have we did in the animated show. But, you know, um, we don't. Um, Would have been maybe nice, but I don't know. I, I don't know if we need it. Um, anyways, I did like the new the new intro uh the the change of the intro every time there was a new episode it was like a new wish or wash or color whatever kind of element um but the first episode did feel very sound stagey in a way and and it was very exposition heavy and um as as many are and so i actually enjoyed the second episode a little bit more once they're kind of more into um uh into the avatar quote unquote team avatar mode and and them really kind of talking and understanding each other and when they go to um what are the the warriors um they track down where uh i forgot what the warriors are called but anyways the um the warriors episode was um it it was sick i feel like those those actors have a grasp of that community it feels tangible it felt like there was interesting uh kind of drama going on it just felt like an overall more interesting part of the um the story Yeah, and this is when Aang obviously, uh, you know, has gone through Zuko's notebook. They've had their they've had their um, conversations and everything. So, um, oh damn, they have a lot of they have a big one here. Okay, so actually, this was the the Kiyoshi Island. That's what I was thinking. And so, basically, the entire series, the eight episode series, live action series, similar to the animated series is about you know going to master the different elements got to go to the different um uh you know got to go to the different um colonies islands communities that type of thing to learn how to master all these different elements and um of course ang gets to talk to avatar kiyoshi at, at the second one and she just like lets him have it she's like whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. um but i did find a kind of a cheap cheapening effect of how ang when he was kind of like in this like spirit world avatar he wasn't in the avatar state but he was like in the spirit world talking to the previous avatars unfortunately it looked, it looked a little bit janky and cheap in my opinion it just felt like a, a weird lens flare but anyways um yeah, and, and as the series goes, Uncle Iroh and Zuko basically kind of are just kind of not button heads, but you know, Zuko's trying to explain Uncle Iroh, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, I gotta I gotta get the avatar, I gotta you, you know, uh, I've got to uh you know show my worth to, you know, Fire Lord Ozai. And and the more we kind of understand Zuko's backstory, just like the animation, he becomes one of the most interesting characters on screen and um He's one of the more exciting. I'm actually excited to see, and um, yeah, I was actually surprised we didn't get more of the uh, the Kiyoshi uh, 
Islanders there uh, at the end of this. Hopefully we get more because I think visually they, they're freaking badass. And um, uh, Yvonne Chapman plays the uh, Avatar Kyoshi. Just good Lord. The, she's got the look. Um, and uh, Maria uh, Zhang is the leader of Kyoshi. Where's the, where's the one there? trying to find trying to find who Sokka's talking to what is her name Kiyoshi is her name Kiyoshi I think her name might be Kiyoshi anyways um let me see. I'm trying to. Suki. Oh, yeah, it's Suki. Sorry, I was sorry. I was trying to find the name. It was going to drive me nuts. Anyways, Suki was the uh, the individual played by Maria Zhang that I thought was like on on point. I was like, this character. I want her in every episode. I want her to be in. You know, uh, move her up to a main. She's good. She's got the look, she's got the delivery, and she's got the look. <laughs> um, and so anyways, um, like I said, we're not going to talk about every single episode, but, you know, uh, the Warriors episode, I felt like was one of the more stronger ones. Omashu, we get to really uh, see uh, episodes blended together. Um, this is an adaptation of the first season of the original series of the, the King of Omashu, episode 10, Jet, episode 17, the Northern Air Temple. Um, and so it's, it's, it's a big blend of uh, a couple of the season one uh, episodes. And um, yeah, I, it like I said, I like when they go into these big towns and I like when they go to see the big communities and stuff like that. And it really gives a sense of place. Now, the thing is normally we need the breakup of the hangout episodes in between just to kind of give us some levity. Cause it is a, it's, it's a heavy ass series to, to have all of these very important lessons in a 45 to 50 minute episode and everyone still be happy and, uh, and understand it, everything. Um, and uh, of course, the uh, Zuko and I, Uncle Iroh stuff just continues to improve through through the season. Um, Into the Dark, what is this? Uh, this episode, like the rest of the season, adapts the first season, original season, borrowing plot lines from the, oh, this borrows plot lines for the second season. Um, you know, uh, Aang meets up with his old friend, King Boomy, um, I loved King Boomy in the animated show. The new King Boomy in the live action show has, he's got the funk, like he's kind of weird and quirky and you never know what he's kind of do, kind of like Willy Wonka a little bit. But there was like a falseness to the look. I just felt like the face just looked like old person face on a young man's body. And having known, I knew he was going to rip off his shirt at a certain point and be like kind of ripped or, you know, kind of in shape. So I had a feeling it was going to be like that. But I was like, 
the colors didn't even look like they match. I mean, he looked like straight up orange in the face, and then like he was like a white guy underneath or something. I, I don't know. Or, or the the complexion of the blending of the character did not work for me a hundred percent. So I was very just off put by it. But I I did enjoy the performance of you know how weird he was. <laughs> you know, just kind of you never really knew what he was going to do or say. And um, I was I was just waiting for all these tests to eventually come down to. Um, you know, Boomy having to actually uh, fight Aang at the end. And I was I was excited for it. it. It's one of those rare times I'm like, hey, I know what's going to happen because I've seen or I know the original material. And uh, now I don't always get that uh, get to be that person of like, oh, I read the book. Oh, I know the original source material. But um, I was kind of excited to see that and then, um, you know, kind of experience it as well. So um Continuing on. Oh, yeah. And, and Sebastian uh, Amarso as Jet. Um, excellent. I think some of these co-stars are are just like, holy shit, like these should be like, like main cast people. And um, he's he's one of the individuals there, too. And I love how they have the introduction of, you know, uh, the whole gang, Tiny, and uh, I forgot all the rest. Um, Tiny big sag. I don't remember everybody's name. <laughs> um, so, anyways, uh, the next episode we're just kind of we're just gonna kind of bounce around. I, I actually do want to kind of look at the individuals. Um, this episode, like the rest of the season, adapts the first season of the original series with the episode specific specifically adapting episode seven, Winter Solstice Part One, the Spirit World. And um, I do remember that one. Uh, season two, book two of Avatar is kind of uh, more of a philosophical thinker. It's much more deeper than the first season. And um, there are more just like moments of just, not just relaxing, but meditation. And I feel like this episode was trying to adapt that one. And so much of those those animated, uh, you know, more metaphysical kind of episodes where it's just kind of a vibe. Um, I don't know if this one adapts as well. Um, I because it's so much more it's it's so reliant in the visuals that I'm not sure that this was uh, here for it. This adapted episode seven, Winter Solstice Part One, The Spirit World, episode fifteen, Bato, the Water Tribe, and it it follows Aang and his friends who get transported into the spirit world and must find a way to escape. Meanwhile, Zuko and Uncle Iroh recruit a bounty hunter to track down the Avatar. And I, I do remember having, you know, that bounty on my mind thinking that that was going to be more of a big deal. And it, it, it is kind of in the animation, but it's just kind of like, all right, it's just kind of shit just kind of happens. It kind of falls in their lap and things, like this this episode feel like it's a little bit more plot convenience and um yeah so let's continue i wasn't as crazy as uh, a lot of people were with episode five just i felt like the something about it was not quite all the way there um why can't i pick that let me see Shit, I was trying to click on uh, the Wikipedia and nobody has 
anything on season one, the masks, and nobody has anything on season uh, season one, episode seven, the North, and season one, episode eight, Legends. So we're just kind of kind of grab them all together. So the masks, I believe, have a combination of season one and season two. Uh, episodes kind of mixed into it and I believe it's uh, has this kind of really interesting creature I don't have the the name of them right off the top of my head but um the 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 very notable face changing creature is in um is in the animation form and you just it's got this creepy ass look it's creepy you don't want to see it in live action and when you do it's just as bad it's creepy as hell I mean they uh they they do a good job doing the visual aspect of it. I still felt a very intense uh, pacing problem with this episode, unfortunately. And I didn't feel like the pacing problem did not improve until we got to kind of the part one, part two um, of season uh, of season one of the North and Legends episodes. And so the episode seven as an attack on the water water attack northern water tribe looms Katara challenges a master waterbender soccer Sokka uh, meets a princess and Aang takes Kurik's words to heart and so by this point I believe avatar Aang has talked to Kyoshi Kurik um who am I missing there was a, there's another avatar that he spoke to, I think, in Spirited Away. Um, I don't have his name, but um, Avatar, oh, Roku. Um, so he's spoken to a handful of uh, avatars at this point, and they all kind of very give him very specific to, uh, specific's the wrong word. They give him very do this thing but kind of don't think about anything else kind of message and i'm i don't ever feel like any of the conversations between a lot of his masters ever amounted to as much a lot of them were like scolding his ass some of them were making fun of his ass i was like i was like i don't feel like we're like learning a whole bunch from like like Kirk basically says you got to do you got to do you, man. You got to do it by yourself. Otherwise, it's going to bring bad stuff upon you and your people. And basically, Katara just like talks Aang out of everything that he's learned in like 10. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm exaggerating, but it feels like, you know, Aang's like, I got to do this by myself. I got to go be me. I got to go save the world myself. And it's not about that, obviously. It's about, you know, having friends and that's like family, you know, uh, like Vin Diesel comes out of nowhere. Like, who the hell said that? Um, um, so I uh, I found a kind of a fundamental problem with some of the the life lessons I felt like we were living, we were living, living, uh, we were learning and, um, you know, Katara basically is she is a feminist icon in the show and you know Sokka has these tendencies to, in the show the animated show to say you know women can't do this only men can do that kind of thing and it's been kind of transferred that misogyny kind of and, and the, the feminist part of Katara is still there but it's that stuff of of Sokka has been transferred to this master waterbender who basically doesn't want to teach women at the northern water tribe to um uh you know learn how to attack and how to fight and so he literally gets in a like 
Katara grabs, you know, some some water and says, whoosh, you know, water bends that ass. Whips that master waterbender. Um, I forgot his name and. Um, uh, master misogyny or whatever the hell that dude's name was. Um, he basically gets his ass handed to him in front of everybody, and everybody's like, Oh, shit, guitar's badass, man. Let's do that, man. Let's do the flying disc, man. And basically, he's still like, I won't teach anybody anything. We're not going to learn how to fight. No one's going to do anything. And literally, by the time they are attacking fire nation people uh, fire nations attacking the damn nazis are at the damn gate they are literally unloading onto the their their ships are busting through and shit like that and katara in episode eight is just like you gotta let me help the girls and the girls are all out there just waiting they're just like standing mad <laughs> and um he's like well I guess, I guess we'll let them do it. We'll let them fight. And it's like, bitch, you are about to die. Literally everybody is about to die. You waited absolutely till the very last second to let the, the women of the water tribe to learn how to fight. I'm maybe, I'm sure they knew how to fight, but they just, they weren't allowed to fight or something like that, but they didn't even get time to train. But my Lord, dude, it was the, the timing of a lot of the script for some of these uh the action scenes felt way off like i felt like people just stopped midway to just talk and i was like the shit is going down right now like the walls are crumbling for us. isn't that a song um anyways i was um I was, uh, I was like, y'all need to, like, the pace needs to stay up and keep on going. Like, there's no time, there's no time to, to, to have a full conversation in some of these battle scenes. And so that's where I was noticing the, the, the pacing, the tonal stuff, the, the, some of the YA nature of it all. But, um, by the time it got to the end and, you know, Uncle Iroh has a, a kind of a hard, uh, he waits till the very last minute to tell, uh, Commander Zhao not to do that shit. He's like, you better not be messing with the moon and ghost or sorry, the, the moon spirit and the ocean spirit and if you fuck with them oh it's over and it's uncle iroh's literally like i'm gonna do i'm gonna fry you up if you do anything and and zao's like i'm gonna i'm gonna fucking kill him i'm gonna kill these fish and i was like uncle iroh do something how many times you gotta threaten this guy and tell him that you not you should not be messing with the forces of the spirit world and and all that shit you know like how how many times you gotta threaten them and basically uh, zao's like fuck it and then stabs the uh um moon spirit he kills the moon as one does and um then the lights get all crazy in the show like uh like i said the fighting the big the big stuff at the end most of it looked like they put a hundred million dollars in it i mean it looked like a 30 million dollar episode just alone um so I would not be surprised if it's in the millions of how much they spent on this one. But when they had these different like lighting textures going on and everywhere, I was like, oh, here comes the cheap shit again. I was like, I was, can we can we not with the filters? And um, yeah, so that's what I I, I kind of came away with. Like it's some of the fighting, some of the, the big scale stuff. I was like, this is some amazing stuff. But then the other stuff, it was kind of mixed bag some slow some not great um uh visuals visuals uh 
But overall, it did make me excited to see a second season. The the battle was it was totally worth it. It was totally worth the entire season of going through the, some of the bad dialogue that we had to go through and some of the bad scenes. And but overall, I enjoyed the ride. Like it was a bumpy ass ride, but it was it was it, it was entertaining. I think that's the most important thing. Is like it's not like on its face like offensive or something like that it's not like offensive to the uh to the the viewers that love the original source material i don't i don't think you would sit here and say you know where's my cabbage man like he he gets to say my cabbage, you know like you know my cabbages happens uh you know momo has uh, maz's moment you get uh some deep cuts with uh certain characters like princess yao you um um and I thought, uh, you know, the Uncle Iroh and Zuko storylines show that there is true potential for really deep, interesting drama in this show that can be transferred to the entire show as long as everyone's uh, on the same page. And so I, I am crossing my fingers that we get a second season that just blows us out of the water. I want this to be like Leftovers season two. I want this to be like Game of Thrones season six, because um, that was a good ending on that one. We didn't, you know, we didn't talk about the restaurants. Uh, I want it to be like, uh, you know, some of the best television that we've seen. Uh, what is it? Episode? I can't think of off the top of my head, but you know, um, you know, give me, give me the fire, not the Fire Nation, but give me the fire. You know what I mean? And um, let's see what we really got, because I think this is just the the tip of the iceberg of how good this show could be it it reminds me so much of how evil dead was just kind of like the 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 before the evil dead 2 that just blew us out of the water you know just give it to us again but inject it with every good thing you got starting with the writing and then then go straight to the visuals because those 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 two things are what are gonna say take a sailing to the uh the finish line in my opinion because this is it's got it's got to have both and it's got to be um in my opinion i think it's got to have those those fun parts those meditative parts those parts that the animated series has time to do and have that i'm not sure that this show has even considered they're like the the swimming episode the 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 episode they go to school what the hell we're not going to do that so that's why i think it would be fun to uh kind of have i, I think i think it was the verge that might have said uh, a review that said avatar needed that filler episode which is just the fun episode when when uh when ang and is is like on his like uh you know whirly ball thing and he's running going around they show him doing it one time in the beginning but honestly it, when he was kind of just like a, acting like a cartoon when his when the actors were physically cartoons i didn't mind it i i could tell that they were cgi characters Sokka jumping on uh appa and, and Katara and all of them at the end jumping on appa and hit him with a yip yip i was like they all look like they're on their cgi but the, there's a level of like fluidity that still works within the world that i kind of wish that they would kind of keep um 
enabled to kind of transfer. I don't, I don't know exactly how to do that or explain that, but um, I liked it watching them as kind of, you know, fluid CGI a little bit, you know, get, get, make them a little bit uh, limber because they are in, uh, you know, a kind of a campy cartoon world in a way. So um, yeah, I hope this was a decent breakdown of Avatar The Last Airbender. I wanted to cover this because uh, of how big of a fan I was of the animated series. Again, if you want to listen to the reviews and kind of the breakdown of the other Avatar animated series, you know, the 2005, uh, 2005 books, one, two, and three, um, book Water, Earth, and Fire, um, then be sure to check that out in the description. I will leave the uh, playlist in there for you to enjoy. Again, let me know what you think about the Avatar The Last Airbender live action adaptation. I think uh, it's, I'm glad it exists. I, I can't really say much more than that. Um, and I'm excited for more. So. Thank you for listening, watching Lug It Out Podcast. Let me know how I can improve. Let me know what you thought about the podcast. Let me know what you thought about Avatar, The Last Airbender live action on Netflix. And, uh, of course, check out all the links below, lookitoutpodcast.com for all of the links. And you can support uh, with the links below with PayPal as well as Patreon. You can get exclusives there as well. So be sure to check out Lug It Out Podcast for more content coming down the pipe. You know what to do, Appa? Hit him with a yip yip.